This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne and I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today I'll be talking to Karen Mulhausen from Sexual Health Quarters in Western Australia. SHQ is part of the Family Planning Association Network, so their work is very similar to our work here in Victoria. Karen works in education and they have decided with their sessions that any conversation about bodies and sexuality can start with the theme of pleasure. This conversation is sort of a follow-up discussion to the episode called The Pleasure Agenda with FPV CEO Claire Visenga. Claire talked about the importance of including pleasure in a discussion about sex, also the community anxiety, policy and curriculum barriers which make this a challenge. Karen is going to talk us through some practical ways that pleasure can and should be discussed by educators, parents and carers. Karen, thank you so much for talking to me. This is a little bit of an extension of uh, my conversation with Claire Visenga about pleasure. You work in WA uh, teaching professionals and students and we've talked a little bit about this, but why is talking about pleasure with young people so important? Yes, thank you, Anne. It's lovely to be talking about this today. Um, why is it talking about pleasure so important for young people? Look, there are lots of reasons. I've got about five here, uh, but there are so many reasons. The first and perhaps most important one is that all people, including young people, have rights, including sexual rights, and that includes the right to having safe and pleasurable sexual experiences when they're ready. They also have a right to access over their lifetimes to information resources and support if necessary to be able to achieve safe and pleasurable sexual experiences. So we think that talking about pleasure is very important to give them access to information. We want for all of our young people to be able to achieve their best possible sexual health in their lifetimes and that includes the right to safe and pleasurable experiences. When they are ready to be sexually active, we hope that they are confident in expecting it to be safe and pleasurable. And how are we to give them an opportunity to think about this or even discuss it if we don't talk about it? Mm. Uh, we, we think it's important to encourage young people to be um, aware of what they like and what they don't like when it comes to their body. These are important basic skills for all young people, right from primary school um, through to secondary school and beyond. If we encourage young people to think about what they like and what they don't like, what they want and what they don't want, I think you can see that it's a natural progression to the concept of consent. 
so that when it's developmentally appropriate to start talking about that, um, to get them to think about what they like and what they don't like, what's right for me and what isn't. And then naturally leading into knowing that they have a right to say yes to some things and no to others, which is, of course, the principles of consent. We think that talking about pleasure works towards combating the gendered messages that a lot of young people get from media, um, maybe they're getting them from porn, um, certainly from social media perhaps. And those gendered messages often are that male pleasure is the only thing that's important. Talking about it gives us a chance to challenge this. We find that often women's pleasure is not discussed at all. And the last reason is it's basically because it's credible, because it's real. We find that often if talking about sex is approached in school or at home, often it's framed in a very biological reproductive framework. However, um, for most people when they're having sex, it's actually not to start a pregnancy. For some people, yes, it might be, but for not everybody. Firstly, and very importantly, not everyone is heterosexual. Some of the reasons that people have sex might have nothing to do with starting a pregnancy. It might be simply because it feels good. It might be to express intimacy. Uh, it might be because they want to have a connection with somebody, with their partner. It might simply be because it's fun. Um, we do a lot of work with secondary students, tertiary students, young people in the community, and they know that reproduction, biology, reproduction is not the primary reason um, that young people are engaging in sexual activity. Yes, that's very true. That's what we find as well. They, but, but it is easier having that starting point sometimes of, okay, well, sex can make a baby and then yes. um, leading from there, which is sort of how we yes. do it in primary schools. Yes, absolutely. And of course, it's developmental, isn't it? So in primary school, yes, that's the approach that we would take similar to you. Um, but by the time we're in secondary or tertiary education, I think um, if we only talk about it in frames of, um, in terms of biology and reproduction, we're not talking about the very real reason most people their age, if they are having sex, are having sex. Uh, young people those ages typically are not having sex to have a baby. Some might, but um, when we asked a group of, a huge group actually, of 17 to 20 year olds, what are some of the reasons people have sex? Most of their reasons were around pleasure. They were things like feeling close and connected with someone. Uh, it feels good. An expression of love and feeling loved. It's fun. Mm. Or simply, it's magical. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, for um, young people of that, around that age, you know, talking about, if we don't talk about pleasure, we're omitting the primary reason that a lot of young people their age are having sex. We also find, and maybe you do too, Anne, that often um, schools or families, if they are approaching conversations around sex, or wanting us to talk to their young people about sex, it's often couched in a safety framework. Sometimes we have requests to talk to young people about how to keep safe, 
keep safe from an unintended pregnancy, keep safe from infections, um, keep safe even from unwanted sexual activity. And certainly those are very, very important conversations to have. However, we find that if we start the conversation with a sex positive approach and acknowledge that pleasure is a part of sex and that everyone has a right to safe and pleasurable sex, the conversation is more credible and young people are often more engaged. Mm, that's um, really lovely that the young people have identified those really positive reasons for for having a sexual experience around magic and connection. Yes. And the, the reasons aren't about pressure or the peer groups or anything like that. It's it's supposed they know it's supposed to be a positive thing. Indeed. And I think they often welcome the opportunity. It's like, oh good, we get to talk about this. And it opens up the space and gives us an opportunity to uh, affirm for them that they have a right to safety and pleasure and to give them a space where they can consider what would be pleasurable and what wouldn't be and to have some skills around having conversations um, or even simply knowing themselves. Yes, I like this or no, I don't like that. And hopefully creating a space where they can practice those skills mm. yes i do want to kiss you no i don't want to touch you those sorts of things. yeah really so, important. yeah so what sort of messages do young people get if pleasure is left out of a sexuality education yes great question because we um would suggest that by not communicating about it by not talking about pleasure we are actually communicating quite a lot. By not talking about it, are we teaching that pleasure is shame, that it's taboo, that it's too embarrassing to talk about? Are we giving the message that sex, if, sorry, if we don't say that sex should be an enjoyable experience for everybody, we're not giving the message that young people, that mutual pleasure is important not just one person's pleasure, but both people's pleasure. I think we also are um, missing some pretty significant opportunities to, as I said before, give them the time to consider what feels good and what doesn't and being able to communicate that. Well, I was quite shocked and dismayed when uh, our counselling team here at SHQ told us that nearly all of the clients they see have experienced unwanted sex. Now, that may not be not consensual. It may have been sex that they did consent to, but they didn't really want to. And I think that's quite concerning. There's this beautiful piece of work, the National Survey of Australian Secondary Students from La Trobe University that you would know well, and that tells us that 25% of year 10 to 12 sexually active students report having experienced unwanted sex. And I think it's important to open the conversation that young people have the right to safety and pleasure to um, encourage them in their confidence and their skills to hopefully be able to avoid unwanted sexual experiences. I think um, Heather Corinna, who has the um, fabulous website Scarletine, and wrote a book called Sex, The All You Need Guide to Getting You Through Your Teens and Twenties, has a beautiful 
quote where she says, when young people know what consensual, enjoyable and equitable sex is, and that it is absolutely within reach, they can understand and feel more confident saying no to what is not consensual and what is not enjoyable physically and emotionally. Yeah, that's a lovely quote. So what are your key messages for people about sexual pleasure? That it's okay to talk about it <laughs> would be the first thing and that everybody has the right to safety and pleasure and to expect that, I guess, in their life and to consider their own feelings but also that of their partners and to ensure that both people are feeling good about what they're doing um, and how to communicate that or how to communicate what they don't want really important and how would you recommend primary school teachers parents and carers so that adults in a young person's life include pleasure in any discussion of sex look very simply <laughs> would be my first answer and my second would be for young people of any age whether it's primary school or secondary school we're not suggesting that this needs to be a standalone conversation or a whole conversation about pleasure or for teachers a whole session around pleasure we're not suggesting that at all we're simply suggesting that the concept might be included uh, when they are talking about things that they're already doing for example when they're talking about bodies and that's something that we all do as families or um, in schools in an age-appropriate developmentally appropriate way by naming the body parts. And as they grow and at the right age in primary school, when it comes time to talking about the body parts and their functions, not simply to talk about the sexual and reproductive systems as reproductive, but to be able to include words like, and that body part might feel good during sex. It can be something as simple as that. Even just introducing the word clitoris to a, a primary school class um, definitely allows opportunity for talk, to talk about nerve endings and how it makes someone's body feel. And that doesn't yes. mean you're talking about sex necessarily, uh, but no. it, it makes that conversation easier when you want to have it later. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And so I think the first thing is to, for um, young people to know their own body. And as you say, to know all of the body and the clitoris has is typically left out but just to make sure it's included and that the body parts are given the correct names and that it's okay to talk about it and a simple mention that it might feel good when it's touched very simple and so leading into secondary school how would school teachers parents and carers include pleasure in a discussion for say their teenager Again, when talking about bodies, but in perhaps in a more comprehensive way. For example, we've started teaching, we often are asked to teach around bodies and the sexual and reproductive systems. And until very recently, we used to start that from a reproductive framework. I used to start with ovaries making eggs and testicles making sperm, uh, and I would go from there. Now we've switched it and we teach from what we call amongst ourselves the pleasure perspective. So we still um, teach all of the body parts, but we start with the parts that are the sexual parts and we start with the parts that give or receive pleasure and then we move into the reproductive 
function. If you were talking about the penis, you could say something along the lines of the penis has an important role in sexual pleasure, as well as delivering semen into the vagina for reproduction and passing urine from the body. Making sure that, um, of course, the clitoris is discussed and all of the clitoris, not just the, the tip of the clitoris, but the full and complete anatomy. And that may be simple things like even the scrotum, you know, talking about the scrotum's function, holding the testicles, and the scrotum is usually very sensitive to touch. So they can be very simple ways of introducing it, um, but making sure that we don't leave it out when we talk about the body. Um, in secondary school, I think there are lots of opportunities to include at least a mention of the concept of pleasure using whatever words you're comfortable with. And it might be when schools or families are talking about respectful relationships. It might be when they're talking about gender equality. Uh, it might be when they're talking about safe sex um, and certainly consent. So I think in secondary school there are, um, and for teenagers, there are lots of opportunities. Uh, it doesn't need to be um, a big uh, session or a big delivery or a big conversation. It might be as simple as the sentence, everyone has the right to safe and pleasurable sexual experience when they're ready. And I think sometimes for families, they might feel a bit awkward um, but if they find one sentence, just one in their words, that they feel comfortable with and introduce that, I think that's, you know, really positive. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we say even in primary school, that sex is meant to be a positive experience. It's, meant, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, so what are the benefits of all of this? Firstly, that young people know that it's okay to expect to have a safe and pleasurable sexual experience when they're ready, that it's okay to talk about it and it's not taboo and it's not shameful and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. And I think the other benefit is, is that it leads you into a conversation or a place where young people can think about what they want and what they don't want. There's a wonderful approach from the Practical Guide to Love, Sex and Relationships that you would know well from the Australian Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society from La Trobe University. It's a wonderful resource and it's available online. And um, they have adopted Maura Carmody's Ethical Sex Framework uh, that we use a lot. And the approach is to encourage young people to think about taking care of me, taking care of you, having an equal say and learning as we go. And I think that's a beautiful framework and it naturally, the conversation around pleasure for yourself and if you are sexually active with somebody else, for them to be able to think about taking care of yourself, taking care of your partner. Do we both have an equal say? And the power of reflection of thinking back, did I like that? Or didn't I? Is that something I do want to do again? Or no, I don't want to. Yeah. Or that situation felt uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I want to know how to not let that happen again. 
and to encourage young people to think about what they want and what they don't want, to give them the space to find their words and to give them a safe space where they can practice um, expressing themselves. Mm. I think those are some of the benefits, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, like you said in the start, encouraging people to have safe, pleasurable experiences, that's everyone's right. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and I think um, talking about pleasure can feel very intimidating and it can feel very awkward. Um, we've worked with a lot of teachers uh, and around this and when we've talked about it, they say to us, oh, we really want to be able to do this. We know that it's important to talk about. We just don't know how to get started or what to say. And I think it's the same for families. I think all families would agree that they want their young people to be able to be sexually active when they are ready and when it is the right time for them. And when they are, that it be safe and pleasurable. Mm. But I think families also feel very uncomfortable or awkward about how to have the conversation. And I think that's because one of the reasons is none of us have seen anybody have that conversation or no one had that conversation with us. Mm. Or we've never been in a classroom when a teacher has mentioned the word. So how do we do it? And it can feel very intimidating. And I would just encourage people that it doesn't have to be a big conversation it can just be as simple as a sentence yeah or, and also it doesn't have to be about your own pleasurable experiences it's not um, no. teaching how to do those experiences it's just saying they they can happen absolutely exactly yes and I think certainly for teenagers and uh, secondary tertiary age young people it's a relief almost that it's a credible conversation acknowledging the reality that for um, people their age sexuality is not framed in reproduction or biology and that it is hopefully about pleasurable experiences awesome i think we'll leave it there thank you so much karen for talking to me that's really interesting the way you've approached this and the importance you've put on pleasure as just part of that discussion so thank you so much pleasure it's been lovely to be here thank you anne Thank you so much, Karen, for speaking to me about all that. There were some really important key messages that I'm just going to pull out now. Messages about pleasure can be as simple as a sentence. Conversations including pleasure will be more credible to young people who are likely to be making decisions about sexual activity based on feelings and emotions, not reproduction. Discussions of pleasure do not need to include someone's personal experiences. Everyone has a right to safe, pleasurable experiences if or when they choose to have sex. There's lots of resources I'm going to mention today. First one is Sexual Health Quarters. Their website includes information about their education programs. World Health Organization definition of sexual health. I'm going to link to that as well in the show notes. Research and recommendations about sexuality education. You can have a look at the UNESCO International Technical Guidance on Sexuality Education, an evidence-informed approach. Karen mentioned La Trobe University's National Survey of Secondary Students and Sexual Health 2018. This is for current Australian information about sexual behaviour and attitudes of Year 10 and 12 students. I've also recorded a podcast about that. You can go have a look for Christopher Fisher. 
Karen mentioned a quote from Scala Team founder Heather Karina. Jenny Walsh has a resource, The Practical Guide to Love, Sex and Relationships on her website. I'll link to that also. Information about Family Planning Victoria school programs, including resources and lesson plans, go to the school's portal on the FPV website. Thanks so much for listening. For more information about FPV, go to fpv.org.au. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Thank you so much for listening.